Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. I didn't have a roommate when I was growing up. I had my own bedroom. But I never really felt like I had my own bedroom because the layout of the home that I grew up in was such that to get to my sister's room, you had to pass through my room. So in effect, I lived in a large hallway. I got used to it, but I craved privacy. At the same time, I also harbored some fantasies about having roommates, most of that being informed by movies and television. And you always hope that when you do have roommates, they'll become your instant friends and almost like your family, people you could depend on. People like the cast of Three's Company, who instantly became sort of like a family. I wouldn't have the opportunity to have roommates until I went away to college. And my first college housing was for three people. It was supposed to be for four, two to a bedroom, but I lucked out. It was only three of us. Somehow, I got even luckier, and the two guys who got there before me took one of the rooms. And I guess they assumed that there would be another person, so I got my own room. I met these guys, they seemed nice, I met their families... I thought everything was going to be great. I unpacked my stuff. I went into the living room. Our families had left, and I said, well, guys, what do you want to do? The one guy didn't even look at me. He just walked out of the room. I was like, wow, that's weird. Now the other guy said, would you like to get something to eat? And he just took his headphones and put them on. This was pretty much my experience for the next four months. Come second semester, I would switch roommates. But I lived in the most unfriendly housing you could imagine. Nobody was mean. Just nobody talked. Nobody cared. The next roommate that I would have, I would choose and move in with them. And I already knew them. I had bonded with them. And when we got together, we made each other miserable. So even when I got to choose the roommate I wanted to, it didn't really work out. So maybe Three's Company is just that. It's just fantasy. But it's a fantasy that we all can relate to. We kind of hope that when we do have to be around people all the time, that they can be our best friends, people we can come to depend on and maybe even see them as members of our own family. But I think more often than not, what you actually get is people who take one look at you and can't stand you. They would rather sit in the same room with you and listen to headphones for an hour and a half than have to talk to you. Well, the joke was on them. The TV belonged to me, and I moved that from the living room into the bedroom after the first week. So, for me, three was not company. But luckily, when I was up at night, bored, Kind of lonely? I could watch the show, Three's Company. And on today's show, we're going to talk about that show. We're going to talk about its cast, the concept, where it came from, its creation. We'll talk about the characters and actors and actresses that made the show great. We'll talk about the success of the show and its many spin-offs. And we'll throw in some surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us. So without further ado, let's start the show.
Three's Company is a sitcom that aired on the ABC television network from March 15, 1977 to September 18, 1984. It is a remake of a British sitcom called Man About the House, and it revolves around three roommates, Jack Tripper, Janet Wood, and Chrissy Snow. Chrissy would later be replaced by Cindy and then Terry. They all live in an apartment in California, Santa Monica, California to be specific, and that building is owned and operated by the Ropers at first, Mr. and Mrs. Roper, and is later owned by Bart Furley, but managed by his brother, Ralph Furley. The show usually revolves around a series of misunderstandings and chronicles the social lives and struggles of young people in the swinging 70s. Now a little bit about the concept of Three's Company. It's very important that you know that the main reason that at the time it was kind of a big deal to have a man living with a woman, not being married or even dating. So the big important plot point in this is that the people running the building need to think that the main character, Jack Tripper, is gay. The geniuses who came up with this concept were not American, as I said. The show is an import from Britain based on a show called Man About the House, which starred Richard O'Sullivan, Paula Wilcox, and Sally Tomset. It ran for six seasons on ITV from 1973 to 1976, and it was created by Brian Cook and John Mortimer. The show was extremely popular and would get two spin-offs, as would the American one, and would actually have a feature film made about it, as would one of the spin-offs. In Britain, the spin-offs were called Robin's Nest and George and Mildred. Because these shows were so popular, the format for the show was sold internationally and would have success in not just the United States, but in other countries a little later on. Countries like the Netherlands, Norway, Poland, Russia, Ecuador, Chile, and Sweden. Three's Company would find its home on the ABC television network and was championed by Fred Silverman. Fred Silverman is a legendary television executive who had moved to ABC from CBS. I talked about him once before, I think in a podcast, because he was a big fan of Scooby-Doo and getting Scooby-Doo made, and the character Fred Jones is named after Silverman. Because it was so popular in Britain, there were some high expectations, but it was also a difficult show to Americanize, and three pilots were shot for Three's Company. And during that time, the show was recast multiple times as well. One of the earlier scripts for the show was penned by Broadway writer Peter Stone, who did not set the series in California, but instead set it in New York. And in his version, Jack Tripper was a successful chef in a fancy French restaurant, and Janet and Chrissy were a secretary and a fashion model. From what I understand, the script was very good, but Silverman rejected it thinking that it wouldn't play to middle America. He then brought in Larry Gelbart, who was an award-winning writer who had worked on M.A.S.H., He didn't want to work on the show at first, but as a favor to Silverman, he worked and developed a pilot episode. It was he and his writing partner, who was his son-in-law, who decided to name the show Three's Company. Now, Gelbart's version of the show was very similar to the British one, but had some differences. The Jack Tripper character became David Bell, who was an aspiring filmmaker who happened to also be a really great cook. And the two women in the show would be Valerie Curtin, who would play Jenny, who worked at the DMV, and Susan Zenor, who was an actress named Samantha. The whole show would take place in North Hollywood, California, and not New York, nor 
the final place of Santa Monica. Now, the plot of this pilot has a lot in common with the actual first episode of what the show would turn out like. Now, that version of the pilot worked well, but it needed some changes. So a third pilot was written. This one was written by Michael Ross, Bernie West, and Don Nickel, who had adapted another famous British series, Till Death to Us Part, into a little show you might have heard of called All in the Family. This new pilot followed the British version even more closely, with David Bell transforming into a cooking student named Jack Tripp, just like his English counterpart, Robin Tripp, and one of the women taking the name Chrissy. Now, Jack's roommates in this one would be portrayed by Joyce DeWitt as Janet Wood and Susan Lanier as Chrissy Snow. It's at this point that the setting of the show was moved from North Hollywood to Santa Monica, and it was in this version that we see misunderstandings becoming the central part of the show. This pilot was better received than the initial one, but Lanier's portrayal of Chrissy had to go. Now, despite his concerns about Lanier, Silverman put the show on the network lineup to air in March 1977, but he wanted a new Chrissy in the role. Now, according to stories, it was Silverman who had spotted and championed Suzanne Summers for the role of Chrissy. So, she's brought in, and a third pilot went into production in January of 77, Silverman also championed John Ritter because test audience watched the show, and although they liked it, the producers thought that Ritter's take on the character made him seem somewhat effeminate. And we're thinking about going with another actor. Silverman really liked Ritter and had him stay on the show. The third pilot was accepted, and five additional episodes were shot for that spring. It was a tough show to shoot because it was done in sequence, and very rarely would there be any retakes. The cast would get the script on Monday, rehearse from Tuesday to Thursday, and shoot on Friday. With each episode, they would shoot it twice, just in a row, and use two different audiences. It was a three-camera setup. According to Priscilla Barnes, who would join the cast later, she found the bosses of the show very, very controlling. If one thing was out of place, you'd get called up and have to talk to them. And now, this message... We're still the one We've been together since way back when And this year's gonna be a winner again We are still the one With something new Still the one That's gonna see you through You're still having fun And we're still the I'm just a weekend photographer, and that's okay, because I don't take pictures to impress anybody but myself. That's the way I feel about my wine, too. Colony. I tried others, but I was impressed with Colony's taste. And after all, taste is the best way to know if you like a wine. So next time, choose a wine with a taste that says, you know. Impress yourself with a taste of Colony. Now let's talk a little bit about the cast and characters that made up this great show. First and foremost, you have Jack Tripper. Jack was a member of the United States Navy and is discovered in the pilot episode in Janet's and Chrissy's shower the morning after a party they threw. Jack turns out to be a great cook and a great roommate, and they keep him on, but he has to play that he's a homosexual so that he doesn't get kicked out of the apartment. Jack is a klutz, likes to be funny, bit of a ladies' man. 
He's attending a local technical college on the GI Bill, learning how to cook, and he does odd jobs and often cannot come up with money for the rent. Jack would be the only character to appear in all eight seasons in every episode. Fun fact, Billy Crystal auditioned for the role of Jack Tripper, but the role went to an actor named John Ritter. Jonathan Southworth Ritter, to be exact. John Ritter was born on September 17, 1948, and passed away, sadly, and before his time in September of 2003. He's best known for playing Jack Tripper, but he also had a role as Paul Hennessy in the TV show Eight Simple Rules. He was an amazing physical comedian. And there's a great episode of Eight Simple Rules where they do a parody of Three's Company, which is really great to see. Another fun little fact about John Ritter, he's the son of singing cowboy Tex Ritter. So whenever he does anything remotely Tex Ritter-ish in the show, I always get a bit of a thrill. The next character in the lineup is Janet Wood. Janet works in the arcade flower shop and would eventually come to manage it. She's really good with flowers, seems to love them, and it explains why there's so many plants in their apartment. Janet, much like the actress who portrayed her, basically grew up in Speedway, Indiana. She is a college graduate in the show, but we never find out what she majored in. Can you major in floristry in college? Janet's sort of the intelligent and reliable roommate, sort of to be a counterpoint to the ditzier Chrissy and Cindy, and I guess even Terry, even though Terry is a lot less ditzy than Chrissy and Cindy. Janet appeared in all eight seasons, portrayed, as I said, by Joyce DeWitt. DeWitt is best known for her role on Three's Company and hasn't worked a ton since then, although she did produce the NBC television film The Unauthorized Story of Three's Company, which is a lot of fun to watch if you're a Three's Company fan. Recently, she's had some unfortunate appearances in tabloids and has appeared in some independent films. If you like to go to conventions where you get to meet TV stars, she is known to make an appearance. Third in the trinity of original roommates is Chrissy Snow. Christmas Noel Snow was the eldest child of Reverend Luther Snow. We hear a couple of different reasons behind the naming of Christmas. In one episode, we hear her name is Christmas because her father was a big fan of Bing Crosby, who likes to sing about snow. And in another episode, she says that her name is due to having been born in December. In another episode, though, we find out she wasn't born until January. And yet, in another episode, she explains to a nurse after getting injured that she was named Christmas because she was the best present her father ever had. This all makes a lot of sense when you know the character of Chrissy. Obviously, she was born into a sort of religious family, although her father, the Reverend, was quite understanding when it comes to Jack. She's a typist and a secretary who might be a bit ditzy, but actually somewhat career-minded during the show. Eventually, Suzanne Summers would leave the show under not great conditions, and her character would be replaced by her cousin, Cindy Snow. Cindy is, if anything, perhaps ditzier than Chrissy. Cindy would show up on the show in 1980 when the producers needed a replacement for Chrissy. Cindy Snow is a lot klutzier than Chrissy. She was portrayed by Jenny Lee Harris, who was a former L.A. Rams cheerleader. Her strength mainly was that her character was similar enough to Chrissy that scripts that had already been reworked with Chrissy in mind could be used with Cindy. And from what I understand, because she was a decent physical comedian, she could work real well with John Ritter, who liked to do a lot of physical comedy. 
When the sixth season of the show came along, a new roommate was brought in, Terry Alden, who was played by Priscilla Barnes, who was a more intelligent nurse, and Cindy moved out and was slowly phased out of the show. So Terry's brought in to replace Chrissy and Cindy as the show's blonde, and people had been complaining that Chrissy and Cindy were too ditzy, so they made Terry's character a little bit smarter. She was a professional woman. You can also see Priscilla Barnes in the James Bond movie License to Kill and the movie Mall Rats and the Devil's Rejects. From what I hear, she did not like working on the show. She doesn't say she didn't like the people. From what I understand, she got along well with Joyce DeWitt and is still in contact with her and Richard Klein. But she said that the producers on the show did not make it a great environment to work in. Although I have to say that I found her character to be a really decent replacement for Chrissy. Now, those were the main roommate characters, but you also had some other characters. You had Larry Daliopoulos, who, although of Greek ancestry, had a hard time spelling his own name, so he shortened it to Larry Dallas. He was played by Richard Klein. He starts off sort of as a side character, used car salesman, but eventually would become best friends with Jack. And besides Jack, he's the only Three's Company character to appear in all three Three's Company properties. Three's Company... The Ropers, and Three's a Crowd. We'll talk about those shows a little bit later. The Ropers are the season one through three landlord and landlady. They're portrayed by Norman Fell and Audra Lindley. Norman Fell, a prolific actor on TV and movies, as was Audra Lindley. Both of them passed away, Lindley in 97 and, and Fell in 98. They left the show to do The Ropers, and we're going to talk about how unfortunate that was in a little bit. We'll just wrap up by saying that through seasons four through eight, Ralph Furley would take over as the manager of the building. Furley was portrayed by Don Knotts, who is probably more well-known as Barney Fife from The Andy Griffith Show than he is as Ralph Furley from Three's Company, but he is an iconic actor and was amazingly talented. It would be hard to replace the Roper characters, but he does it very well. And nobody could bring that clueless, swinging character to life the way he could. In season four, they brought in an older female neighbor. A woman, I guess the media would call a cougar nowadays. And the character's name was Lana Shields, portrayed by Anne Wedgworth. She was gunning for Jack the whole time she was there. She had a kind of meaty role, and I think was brought in to fill the void due to the loss of Mrs. Roper. But as the show went on, her role started to diminish in importance, and she asked to be let go. Ann Wedgworth was best known for her work on the daytime dramas Another World and Somerset. The producers would release her from the show, seeing that she was right. They really weren't using her that much. Five, four, three, two, one. Greetings, retro fans. This is Metagirl, bringing you the top five episodes of the television series Three's Company. At number five is Season 1, Episode 1, A Man About the House. Original air date, March 15, 1977. The morning after throwing a farewell party for former roommate Eleanor, Janet Wood and Chrissy Snow find one of their guests still snoring away in the bathtub. The sleeping stray is Jack Tripper, an aspiring chef who needs a place to stay. 
Figuring that Jack is harmless, and besides, he's a better cook than both girls combined, Janet and Chrissy invite him to become their roommate. Only one problem. Landlord Stanley Roper, who already suspects the girls of hanky-panky, would never tolerate a one-man, two-woman setup. The solution? Convince Mr. Roper that Jack is gay. And so the hijinks began. Number four is Season 3, Episode 16, The Catered Affair. Original air date, February 6, 1979. Aspiring Chef Jack gets his first big break when he is hired to cater a party held by Chrissy's boss, Mrs. Braddock. The guest of honor is Mr. Penrose, president of the firm for which Chrissy works. Alas, Mr. Penrose is the sort of man who tends to make passes at pretty employees, and Chrissy is no exception. Will Jack come to Chrissy's rescue at the risk of his own future? Of course! Number three is Season 3, Episode 3, The Love Diary. Original air date, September 26, 1978. As part of her job as a manuscript typist, Chrissy turns out several pages of a steamy diary, purportedly written by Wanda X. Stumbling upon the typewritten pages, Mr. Roper jumps to the conclusion that Chrissy is recalling her own carnal experiences. Then he makes a quantum leap, concluding that Chrissy has the hots for him. The best gag is reserved for last when a capricious Chrissy and Janet introduce a panting Jack to the elusive Wanda X. At number two is season two, episode 22, Days of Beer and Weeds. Original air date, February 21st, 1978. Jack and the girls find some rather exotic looking weeds growing in Mr. Roper's garden. They collect the weeds and hand them to Mrs. Roper, who then brings them to her flower arranging class. The problem? Those weeds are actually marijuana plants. Can it be that Mr. Roper has suddenly gone to pot? In the end, Mrs. Roper's teacher confirms that the plant is not, in fact, marijuana, but not before Mr. Roper had already destroyed his wife's arrangement for her own protection. And the number one episode of Three's Company is... Season 3, Episode 22, Triangle Troubles. Original air date, May 15, 1979. Barry Youngfellow guest stars as Debbie, the apparently straight-laced new girlfriend of Jack Tripper. Fearing that Debbie might be shocked at Jack's living arrangement, Janet and Chrissy go to great lengths to convince the girl that they're not Jack's roommates. But as it turns out, Debbie herself is sharing an apartment with two guys. And there you have it, the retroist's top five episodes of the TV show Three's Company. Until next time, list fans, this has been Metagirl. Thanks, Metagirl. Three's Company premiered in the spring of 1977 and was a great success and would be its entire run. It ran for eight seasons, and while it wouldn't be number one, it would do really well, starting off in 1977 in the 11th position overall for TV shows, then would go to number three, then for two years it would be at number two, then it fell to number eight, then picked up again in 81 to number four, 82 to 83, number 6, and then in the 83 to 84 season, finished as number 35. Very strong TV show. When you have a show this successful, the show would have spinoffs, just like the British version. The first of which was a spinoff of The Ropers, which was a show that ran from 1979 to 1980 for two seasons. And it was based on the British sitcom George and Mildred and focused on the middle-aged 
I'd say a little over middle-aged Stanley and Helen Roper. So Three's company is doing really well. How do you capitalize on this? You spin off a new show off it. They brought the concept to Fell and Lindley. Lindley loved the idea. Fell, who liked the way he thinks, said to himself, why would I do that? This show's doing really well. I got a successful sitcom. I'm well-known. I'm getting a good paycheck. Why would I risk that? They kept pushing him on it, and he had a lot of pressure on him. So they said to him, well, here's the thing. If you do this new show, see how it goes. You do a season of it. If it doesn't, we'll bring you back to Three's Company. With that in mind, they did. And the Ropers were spun off into their own series. In its first season, the show finished number eight. And it had the second highest serious premiere rating at the time. Then ABC moved the show to Saturday nights. And the show dropped precipitously. And while the show still had its fans and sort of picked up toward the end of the 80s season they decided to cancel it. Fell, seeing this as his nightmare come true, came back to get back on Three's Company. Now, the thing is, the show had gone for two seasons, and they had replaced his character with Don Knotts as Ralph Furley, and the ratings were still okay, so they said, no thanks, and passed on it. So, the Ropers would not return to Three's Company, which is a real shame. Now, Don Knotts is great as Ralph Furley, but the Ropers really made that show shine. Later in interviews, Fell would say that he believed that the show was held on to an extra season just so that they could pass the one-year anniversary mark so that they wouldn't have to bring them back to Three's Company, which is a real shame. Despite this, in March of 81, both Lindley and Fell would make a guest appearance on Three's Company in episode 96. It would be the only time in the show that the three landlord characters would appear on the same stage. Fun fact, the Ropers was number two on Time Magazine's top ten worst TV spinoffs list. When Three's Company ended, they would spin off the show again, this time in a show called Three's a Crowd, which was based off the British TV series Robin's Nest. That series did even worse than The Ropers, only lasting one season. You would often see Three's a Crowd named Three's Company 2 as part of syndication packages for that show. Today's show is brought to you by New Homes. Hate your current roommate? How about you get a new home? Make way for the livables, the all-new content in living. Love those new homes. In addition to some great recurring characters on the show, and we already talked about a lot of the main ones, you also had some great guest stars. You had Jeffrey Tambor, Lonnie Anderson, James Cromwell, John Larroquette, Joanna Kearns, and Rita Wilson, all taking on small roles in the show, really adding to the show's talent pool. And now, these messages. You've got the look, I want to know better. You've got the look, that's all together. Working, playing. Available at Bullock's.
Bernie, this Christmas party is getting a little too quiet. I think it's time we liven it up with my favorite Christmas gift, Mr. Microphone. Hey, what's that? Well, you set the dial on your FM radio and testing, testing. These kids are having a fabulous time with Mr. Microphone, the cordless microphone that actually puts your voice on the radio. There are no attaching wires, so you're free to move around. Broadcast over any FM car radio. Hey, good looking. We'll be back to pick you up later. You can broadcast in mono or with car radios in stereo. Professional entertainers use Mr. Microphone for rehearsing. And you can, too. It's practical and great fun for the whole family. The show would end and spin off to Three's a Crowd, and in the final episode of the series, Jack would move from his apartment to an apartment above his bistro with his girlfriend, Vicky, and Janet would get married and would leave to live with her husband, Philip, and Terry would take a nursing job that would allow her to relocate to Hawaii. Does this sound familiar? It's okay to sing along. That's the theme song to Three's Company, written and composed by Joe Raposo, who's probably best known for composing for Sesame Street, and it was sung by Julia Rinker and Ray Charles. Not the Ray Charles, another Ray Charles. The credits in the show changed over time as they added characters and took them away. Some fun facts about the first season ones kind of important one where you see jack riding his bike and he falls into the sand because he's looking at this woman who's walking away from him well those were shot on venice beach and from what i understand the brunette that jack is looking at as he falls into the sand is actually suzanne summers in a wig and i've tried watching it trying to see if i can does this look like suzanne summers but it's really hard to tell i'm just gonna have to take what i read as fact The show was popular at the time and would be very popular in syndication and has been in syndication since 1982. It would debut on cable television in 1992 on TBS where it would run until 1999 and I watched it a whole lot during that time. Then it was brought to Nick at Night and would run on Nick at Night and TV Land and TNN for the next 10 years. In 2007, Viacom, who owns those networks, renewed their contract for another six years. So if you're watching it now on TV Land, it's because of that. I am one of those people watching it again. The show currently airs on TV Land, Antenna TV, Deja Vu, and TV Tropolis. 
I think Antenna TV also airs The Ropers. Three's a Crowd, which is often bundled in the syndication package as Three's Company 2, is sometimes included in those runs, although I haven't caught it lately. If you do not have the time to keep trying to find it on television, you can find Three's Company on DVD. Anchor Bay Entertainment released all eight seasons of Three's Company, starting in 2003 and ending with season eight on 2006. Three's Company is a wonderful show. It has, I would say, five very strong seasons. Three seasons of questionable value, but five of some of the best television that you're ever going to see. Well written, well acted, and just fun, pure fun. I'm not so happy the way the show ended, and I'm going to inject some personal opinion here. I was kind of hoping that Jack would end up perhaps with Janet toward the end of the show. I don't know why. I always thought they would make a good couple. It didn't happen. Instead, they all went their separate ways, which is a shame. If you know someone who's not a fan of the show, hasn't seen it before, why not introduce it to them? I guarantee, before the end of the night, they'll be laughing out loud and wishing they had their own Regal Beagle in their town. That party upstairs kept me awake till 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, really? I didn't think you could hear it over your snoring. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist and twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear at the beginning of the show is by Peachy. Peachy does all sorts of great music. If you have some musical needs, why not email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks to Metagirl for her top five list. If you have any comments for the top five list, email them to Metagirl at metagirl at retroist.com. If you like retro TV, we have a retro TV directory that gets populated fairly regularly. You can stop by and comment and share memories at tv.retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Follow the Brady Bunch if you missed the beginning. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.